listening to SBS On The Money with Ricardo Gonsalves. From the SBS Newsroom, it's your daily 10-minute business and finance news wrap for this Monday, the 30th of October, 2023. Uh, Later, Qantas responds to the HCC's ghost flight claims as we explore if customers should be compensated for cancelled flights. But we'll start with the economy and retail sales, which rose 0.9% in September to a record $35 billion, $35.9 billion, and that's despite rising cost of living issues. For more, I spoke with Shane Oliver. He's the Chief Economist at AMP. It certainly is. I didn't expect retail sales to be this strong. Uh, They are only up slightly on their previous record, which was in November last year. They're only up 0.1% on that point. Um, There's also a few special factors in here which have boosted retail sales. We had warmer than normal weather in September that boosted demand for household goods, certain types of clothing, more spending in department stores and so on to get summer uh, clothing and so on. Uh, we also saw the new iPhone and, of course, Queensland introduced an energy rebate if you purchase a new appliance, which is uh, using less energy. So all of those things likely boosted the numbers. On top of all of that, we've got uh, near record record population growth in terms of numbers and, in fact, the fastest population growth since the 1950s. So that's boosting it. If you remove the impact of inflation and very strong population growth, then the numbers aren't so good. In fact, we're actually going backwards uh, down about 5% on a year ago. But on the face of it, there's no doubt these numbers are stronger than expected. Do we know what kind of an impact higher prices or inflation are having here? I mean, are consumers, for example, buying more or are they paying more for less? Look, the reality is that Australians are doing a, a bit of paying more and um, buying less. So there's two things working here. The rate of growth in retail sales on a year ago is around 2%. Um, But if you allow for the impact of higher inflation and higher prices, the volume of retail sales are actually down about 2%. Uh, So it's a bit of a messy picture there. It looks strong on the face of it up 2%. um, But uh, once you allow for inflation, it's a lot weaker than it looks to be. The other thing to note is that we're seeing population growth of around 2.5%. So there's more people coming into the economy. Given that, you'd expect more spending. Once you look at uh, retail sales on a per-person basis, it's actually going backwards uh, quite rapidly. So it looks to me like those higher interest rates are impacting um, and dragging down consumer spending, particularly after allow for the impact of inflation. Um, But nevertheless, the Reserve Bank focuses on total demand. And of course, the numbers in the last few months have been stronger than expected. So that's it's certainly not going to stand in the way of them raising interest rates again. So wrapping all that together, then, what do you think the RBA is likely to think about this when it meets next week? To be honest with you, I don't think the retail sales numbers are going to be the key driver. The Reserve Bank will note that they were stronger than expected, but they'll also be a little bit wary. Uh, and probably anticipating some sort of slowdown in the uh, the months ahead. Um, but that said, those stronger than expected numbers won't stand in the way of them raising interest rates. I think the main driver will be their concerns about still high inflation, sticky services inflation, and they've already warned that they won't tolerate a slower rate of decline in inflation. So it's all going to be about inflation in the next meeting. But these retail sales numbers, surprising as they did on the upside, probably won't stand in the way of them raising interest rates again. 
Final question. We're uh, entering a really important time for retailers. I think we've got those Black Friday sales at the end of the month, uh, end of next month. Um, Cyber Monday, we're approaching Christmas sales. How important will this be for the sector? And do we know, for example, if they are holding on to a heap load of, of stock, for example, that there will be these huge discounts for consumers to entice them to spend? To be honest with you, I think the retail sales figures over the next few months are going to be extremely volatile. We're probably going to see a correction in the month of October um, after the very strong numbers we saw in September, uh, particularly as the weather hasn't been as extreme through as October as it was in September. Uh, then we're going to see some stronger figures in November, and that's partly the impact of um, Black Friday sales at the end of November. And We know that people have been bringing forward their Christmas shopping into November to take advantage of those sales. And then we'll probably see some weakness again going into December. Going through the whole period in the run-up to Christmas, I think it's going to be pretty soft because Australians are struggling under the impact of higher interest rates where they've got a mortgage. But flip side is you've still got this strong population growth, more people coming into the economy, and that will keep spending in in, in nominal terms in, in the positive side of things. So it's going to be a pretty messy picture. I don't think it's going to um, change the fact that things are slowing down in an underlying sense, um, but it's not going to be a disaster either. Now over there, the Chief Economist at AMP. Now, Market Day on the SBS On The Money podcast. The Australian share market fell today. The S&P ASX 200 down 0.8% to 6,772. The market, though, did also enter a technical recession. What that means is that it's fallen more than 10% from the peak. So the peak we saw earlier this year, from there, it's been down 10.4%. For more, I spoke with Stuart Roberts. He is an analyst at Stocks Down Under. Stuart, markets are down today. What's driving that negative sentiment? So basically, uh, we're in a difficult situation where there's wars everywhere uh, and a lot of economic uncertainty in various parts of the Western world. Um, Here in Australia, we got retail sales and they were stronger than usual. So the expectation is that we haven't seen the last of the the interest rate tightening cycle. Uh, Personally, I think we have uh, because retail sales on trend have been so weak the last uh, 18 months. Uh, I can't see uh, any reason why uh, the Reserve Bank would want to act given uh, apart from the last month or so, things have been fairly weak. But that's one more reason to sell stocks right now. Who are being sold off? Is it um, a company thing or is it a sector thing? Is it, um, you know, uh, larger companies versus smaller companies? Yeah, this is the tail end of a terrible bear market that's been going on for the last two years, more at the smaller end than the bigger end. But the the bigger end is starting to join in now. Uh, A while ago, I was talking to you, um, uh, and comparing the events of uh, middle of 22 with what happened in 73, 74. And that playbook is playing itself out right now, probably not as badly, but it, it's, a, it's a, a protracted bear market. So it's just um, bearish sentiment, starting with the small caps, moving up to the big caps, no company-specific stuff. I was speaking to Shane Oliver earlier about those retail sales numbers, and while they were stronger, he was saying that um, if you – add in or factor in inflation and population growth, that it shows that um, consumer spending is really going backwards anyway per person, right? Um, What are you seeing? How do you think consumers are feeling at the moment? Because we also heard from the team at Endeavour Group today, and they noticed that consumers are continuing to switch um, uh, tie up products that they're buying. They're looking for more value. So for example, um, they're buying a lot more um, um, cheaper beer. Yes. Everywhere you go, wallets are are, are locking up in ways you wouldn't expect. I take you back a while ago where Domino's had a profit warning based on the fact that pizzas were too expensive. 
Now, if, if the consumer's not buying pizza, no surprise, they're buying cheap beer as well. Look, frankly, I love beer and I'm tempted to buy cheap beer as well. So uh, if, 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 I'm, if my experience is any guide, yeah, the consumer's wallets are beginning to jam shut. Um, what about the aviation industry? Has the market fallen out of love with Qantas, for example? And I mention it because it's back in the news telling the federal court that it denied breaking the law or benefiting financially when it sold tickets on already cancelled flights earlier in the year. And obviously that, that, that brought on um, ACCC action. Yeah. Uh, all of my recent flights around the country, uh, I'm finding flights are fully booked and the service is great. So I think there's a lot of negative sentiment around from from uh, historic issues that have been reported. I think Qantas is busy fixing themselves. So it's probably a great contrarian buy at the moment. Final question and an overall one. Where do you see the opportunities for investors at the moment? Right now it's gold. Uh, the price of gold has gone up, up above $2,000 an ounce uh, with all this global uncertainty around and uh, the, the inflation environment that we've moved into. Uh, and I've never seen a bigger gap between uh, positive sentiment towards the commodity and relative negative sentiment towards the miners. So that tells me that uh, gold is set for really good things in the future. Stuart Roberts there from Stocks Down Under. We'll end on Qantas, which today we saw some support mounting for the introduction of a European Union-style aviation compensation model to be introduced here in Australia. It follows commentary from Qantas today, pointing out that airlines are under no obligation to operate flights on schedule. The legal caveat was used as part of a defence against the April C-led federal court action, alleging the company knowingly sold tickets and more than 8,000 cancelled flights during the post-COVID restart. Qantas blamed the scale of travel charges and its booking systems for the issue, adding that it met legal requirements by rescheduling flights and offering refunds. For more, Rainer Bosch spoke with Ellis Taylor, an aviation analyst at Sirium Aviation. There's a lot of legal precedent um, and consumer law, which actually sort of says that when you're buying a ticket, you're not actually buying a promise that you will go on the date or the time that there is. Uh, it's sort of subject to a number of conditions, and those conditions are contained in the fine print, which we often don't look at. And that sort of says that, you know, they'll do their best endeavours to get you there. Uh, but, of course, if they can't, then they can't. And, you know, I think we'd all recognise that there are a number of reasons why flights get cancelled, weather gets in the way, uh, all sorts of things. And really, coming out of COVID, what we've seen is the global aviation industry has really struggled um, to get back to where it was very quickly. Uh, and so Qantas has really pointed to some of those factors, the fact that they've had a uh, number of pilots who are on sick, which meant that they had to cancel flights and they had to, in some cases, do that preemptively. Um, and I think it's really just a, a reminder that, you know, when you fly, it is always going to be subject to uh, many conditions. And a lot of those conditions, to be honest, are in the favour of the airline rather than of the consumer. So in terms of what the consumer is actually purchasing when they buy a ticket then, if not a guaranteed flight, what is it? Effectively, it's a promise that um, we will do our best to get you to that spot. So at law, when you buy a ticket, you're not actually at that point fully in a contract with the airline. It's not until you're actually checking in um, that you are considered to be sort of on that flight and there's actually a contract that you have with the airline. And at that point, that's when things sort of start to go through processes if there is a uh, cancellation or if there is a delay to your flight and so forth. And really, it sort of leaves consumers out in, in the lurch a little bit because at any moment, the airline can cancel seemingly for um, any reason that they see fit. Often they'll obviously try and do their best to to get you 
where you need to go or to refund a ticket and so forth. But even then, there's a number of different conditions that come to it. So if you buy some of the cheapest tickets, you may not be able to get a refund or you may only get things like a travel credit and so forth. Um, but then at the end of the day, there's a number of get outs that airlines have to be able to uh, you know, take into account operational issues, things that are outside of their control and so forth. So really, it is um, no ironclad guarantee that they're going to get you there, even on the day that you want to travel. So what do you make then of Qantas's response to this ACCC legal action? Look, at law, it probably is quite a, a strong defence um, with the proviso that I'm, I'm not a lawyer. So it really does sort of seem to be coming back on uh, precedents and things that have happened in the past and, you know, just understanding the realisations that an airline can't always guarantee that a flight will go, that lots of things will get in the way. And there are certain outs that they've had for a, a long time with that. I think from a consumer perspective, though, it's going to be pretty disappointing to sort of see an airline saying that, you know what, we actually can't deliver what we promise on or what we hope to do. Um, and, you know, taking into account that, you know, coming out of COVID, things were crazy and, and hectic. Uh, the whole airline supply chain was really messed up. Um, but I think a lot of people will be looking at that and going, well, what am I actually buying? And what am I buying when I buy a Qantas ticket? Because if they're going to trade on as being, you know, the most on-time carrier, the best uh, carrier in Australia, and in most cases, the most expensive carrier, you want some form of guarantee that, you know, you're actually going to be able to get what you pay for, uh, particularly on routes where there are more than one carrier. So uh, I think really it is probably from a legal perspective, it, it seems to be quite a strong argument. Um, but I wonder if in the long run, this is something which is really going to cause Qantas some damage because they're effectively saying, uh, too hard, we can't really run our operation as we'd like to. So from the ACCC's perspective then, and I guess from the broader consumer perspective, what can be done in order to shift this power, maybe not in its entirety, but back away from the aviation group or the airline that's running these flights and over to the consumer that's paying their hard-earned money to get on board? Well, one of the things that we've seen in some other jurisdictions, such as the European Union, is uh, introducing legislated uh, compensation for passengers if they face a delay or a cancellation. And really, that does bring some of the power back in, and it may shift some of those decision points to go, maybe we won't cancel a flight just because it's inconvenient or because it's a low load of uh, passengers on it, and instead we'll keep on operating that because the financial penalties will outweigh whatever savings there may be. Uh, because it's important to note that airlines do sometimes just cancel flights for commercial reasons because they haven't been able to, to fill it up and another flight might be going at a similar time uh, and they can consolidate it that way. So really having some of those compensation arrangements that sort of really force the carriers financially to pay, either pay a penalty to an authority or pay the penalty to the passengers themselves uh, might be something that really helps to shift the ledger more in the favour of passengers. That's Raina Bosch there speaking with Ellis Taylor from Serum Aviation. This SBS On The Money podcast is provided for informational purposes only. The content on this podcast should not be understood as constituting advice or a recommendation. It is not personal advice and does not consider your personal circumstances or objectives. You should contact a licensed professional before making any financial decisions.